All right, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse at Cypress Center. My name is Dave Everett, my wife, Sherry, who's joining us. And we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Womack. And we'll be in Chapter 16 tonight. And just so you know, <coughs> excuse me, just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And uh, just so you know, uh, in case you want to know, we also want to say thank you, excuse me, for all of our financial partners who partner partner with us in the ministry. And in case you want to know how you can do that, uh, just go simply to our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, go to the give page. And uh, you can give anywhere from around the world, from all over the world there. If you'd rather send us a check, you can make your checks payable to Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And our mailing address is on the footer of every page on our website. Okay? Um, <coughs> excuse me. And uh, uh, like I said, all of our teachings are archived. And, you know, before I get into all that, again, uh, um, I, we're good? Okay. So, okay. Um, you know, a lot of people are asking me to, to teach their, their village or their community where they're at. I am, first of all, we are teaching, and all of our teachings are available. Uh, but maybe you want me to teach you, teach uh, live to your people directly. I'm open to doing that. You know, uh, at the same point in time, I ask that you contact us first through our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. Go to our contact page. You can go to our on the top of the screen, you can see contact us. And you can either email us or you can contact us like we asked. Our email is on the bottom of every page. Our contact us uh, is on the top of every page. And uh, before we're going to do that, though, we're going to connect and we're going to talk. And so it doesn't have to be a long talk, but we do need to, there's some things that we need to cover and before we even consider doing that. So, uh, uh, you know. If you want me to speak to your village, or your people, or whatever you might be around the world, you know, I need you to follow those directions. Otherwise, you know, uh, I, I can't really help you. And so, uh, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it more there. Um, you know, just so you know, this is not a place on our website, on our Facebook, to ask for money for donations for your ministries or whatnot. This is not the time and place for that. You know, and so, uh, and so, don't don't use our platform to advertise that. I will delete those uh, transactions or those posts. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean, but uh, I know I'm not going to come to your church and solicit. You know, and I ask that you don't come to our church and solicit. Okay, and I understand you might have a dire need. I don't know. I don't know you, but this is not the time and place to do that. Okay, so we ask that you respect that. Uh, don't give me your phone number. Don't give me. Your WhatsApp number. I'm not gonna, you know, uh, I don't use Facebook Messenger for a lot of different reasons. If you want to contact us, you can contact us. We can talk, but I go to our website and contact us there. And we just ask that you respect that. And if not, you know, then we don't have much to talk about. Uh, and so, um, anyway, um, anyway, uh, not saying any of that to be mean. I just uh, we get hundreds and thousands of people reaching out to us every day. Uh, and so we, we, and every week, we just need to corral this to those who, uh, you know, um, are going to listen to us. And so, um, but anyway, uh, we're in chapter 16 tonight. We're talking about the parable of the sower. And Jesus said, to, if you're going to, to understand this, you have to understand this parable to understand all the parables. In other words, he said, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the parables. In the parable of the sower, you have the seed of God's word being sown on four different kinds of soil. You have the pavement. You, <coughs> excuse me. You have the pavement. You have the, uh, what I call the stony soil. And then we have the thorny soil. And then we have uh, the good soil that produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. Today we're going to start talking about the third soil, which is uh, what uh, Andrew is calling choked. Uh, that's what this chapter is about. It's entitled Choked, and we're talking about the third kind of soil where the seed falls on. We've already dealt with the first two, and now we're dealing with the, the, the third type of soil as we get closer to talking about the good soil. Okay, so without further ado, um, I don't have a lot to recap because we're 
going to a new type of seed tonight. So, um, anything, I mean, not, it's, a, it's the same seed, different kind of soil. So, anyway. So, I know Dave did a, a little recap, but for anyone new to this Bible study, again, Dave shared that all of the previous Bible studies uh, connected to this one are all on our website. But for those of you who uh, have your Bible handy and you want to keep studying further, Andrew's talking about Mark 4, the parable of the sower. And uh, I won't give you the exact verse references because we're going to dive into the study and, and pick up mid-thought. Uh, but chapter 4 of Mark, uh, Jesus in verse 3 uh, tells the parable, and then if you keep reading past reading the parable, his disciples come to him and say, hey, you know, explain this to us. And so Jesus um, explains it further when you get down to uh, verse 13, and then Jesus explains the parable. Uh, so that's just for further study for yourselves if you're um, interested in what the, the verse reference. So chapter 16, choked. Now we come to the third type of person who heard God's word and how they responded to it. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Mark 4, 18 and 19. In addition to the four different types of hearts that the word of God uh, has was planted in, this parable also speaks about a progression. You first start, start out not having any desire for the word of God at all. The word is like water off a duck's back. It's in one ear and out the other. That's the first person. The second person liked the word of God and was excited about it, but they didn't have any root in themselves, so no fruit was produced. The third person is someone who has learned enough truths that they're excited about the word and have meditated on it enough that it's beginning to take root. There's a real life and vibe with seed coming out of them. The word of God is starting to produce results in their life, but then they get occupied with the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things. So fruit, so fruit production ceases. Personally, I feel that in my life, I've come through periods of being like the first and second type of person. I believe that I'm moving out of being like the third type of person and into the fourth type where I'm beginning to be productive. However, I still deal with some of these same things I've battled before. I still get occupied with things other than what God has really called me to do. I believe that affects a lot of us. Okay, so yes, thank you, Jerry. Um, so I add just real quick doing just a recap on the three types of soil we've covered so far. And far. There's uh, the parable of the seller, and Sherry mentioned how Andrew's using Mark's translation uh, uh, version of it. The parable of the seller is in both Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, just to clarify, but we're reading it out of uh, Mark's uh, translation of the parable. And so, uh, again, Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the parables. In the parable of the sower, we have the seed of God's word being sown on four different kinds of soil. And you recap the first two that we talked about. The first one is just really the pavement, you know. And so he talks about uh, how, let me just uh, read something here from him. Um, he first started out with having, uh, having any desire for the word of God at all. The word is like, well, to the first, uh, I feel like I'm stumbling my words. The first soil is just the you know the the, the water the, the word doesn't even penetrate. There's no desire. It's just like water off a duck's back. And the second soil is uh, you know they um, they get excited about it, but they don't have any root system in themselves. And then now we're getting into the third type of soil where they care about God's word. Uh, they get excited about God's word. It begins to take root in their life, but then they get preoccupied uh, with life and how the cares of this world. Now, one thing I've mentioned, I've mentioned many times before, the parable of the sower, the seed of God's word, all four kinds of soil heard the word of God, but only the good soil understood the word of God. Okay, 
So it's not enough just to hear it, but you can't understand something you haven't heard. So, and it's not enough just to get excited about it. Uh, we need to have a root system. Uh, as we learned from the second type of seed, we need to have a root system. We need to get grounded and established. But then now, now we're getting to the third kind of soil where I think most of us live. Okay, we all want to be the good soil. And I'm not saying we haven't all experienced the good soil to a certain degree. <coughs> Excuse me. But I think a lot of, most of, most mainstream Christianity lives in the, sec, the, the second type of soil that we're going, or the third kind of soil that we're talking about. And they're excited about the good word of God. They have a, a root system of some sort. But they are also preoccupied by the things of this life and the things of this world. And so we're going to be dealing with that in, uh, in, in this chapter called Choke. So anything you want to pick back up? And I know Andrew will get more into it. And, you know, when you, when you first read that um, Mark 4, 18 and 19, which he started out with, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in, choke the world, the, the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And, you know, the, the, it sounds like the, the, the cares, the deceitfulness, the lust of other things is all bad stuff. But Andrew will go on, you know, it, busyness. And if you're a parent with kids and both parents work or, or whatever the case may be, just life gets super duper busy. And so you get distracted, uh, just things in the news, different things. So it doesn't have to be necessarily sin. It can even be a good thing. But if it distracts you from the word of God, you know, that... That's uh, what what we're uh, looking into right now. So let's uh, get into this. So we're just ready to delve into this. This section is called Constantly Bombarded. In our day and age, we have access to information that previous generations never had. Do you realize that most generations prior to the 1950s were basically isolated? It took a long time for news and information to get around. So people lived in these smaller communities and they didn't have all of the pressures and cares of this world inundating them the way that we do now. Today, if something happens on the other side of the globe, we hear about it nearly instantaneously. We can turn our television on and watch live coverage of it. It is easier than ever for you to literally take the problems of this world into your life is they are presented in up-to-the-minute detail. Whereas in previous generations, it would have taken weeks or even a month to find out what had happened, and by that time, the situation would probably have been over, so it didn't cause the same level of anxiety, worry, or care. Today, we live through crisis after crisis in real time. Today, we are being constantly bombarded not only by news and the problems of this world, but also about all kinds of entertainment. We have abundance of television, movies, and video games. Also, it seems that on the job, people are working harder than ever before. Americans are some of the biggest workaholics on the face of the earth. Individuals who work 40 hours a week are the exception. Most workers put in more. People are just pouring themselves into all this information and activity, and it will choke the word of God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God wants us all to leave life and enter a monastery so we can just sit there and study the word 24 hours a day. That's not what I'm talking about. However, I am saying that meditating in the word takes time. It takes quantity time, not just quality time, for the word to take root on the inside of us. Many of our lifestyles today are not conducive to the word of God taking root in our life. Sadhu Sundar Singh, hopefully I pronounced that somewhat close, was a powerful Christian who lived in India in the early 1900s. He saw great miracles, including multiple people raised from the dead in one day. This brother had a tremendous ministry. Around 1910, Sundar traveled by boat from India to New York City. It took him a month or two to get there because of the mode of travel. Due to this, he had a year's worth of meetings lined up in the United States. 
got off the boat in New York City, spent 30 minutes walking around town, and then decided to get right back on the boat to return to India. He remarked that there was no point in ministering to the people in America that their lifestyle would not allow the Word of God to take root in their hearts. And this was a hundred years ago. Yet it's the same truth we're talking about right here. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in and choke the word. Mark 4, 18 and 19. Now, this, and this can hit this a lot of people. Uh, you know, you can even be in ministry, a pastor, evangelist, a, a bishop, however you make, some of you may call yourselves. You can get busy doing ministry that you don't have time for the word of God for yourself. You don't have a time for your own relationship with God. That's wrong. That's not healthy. And you're, if you are ministering without spending time with God yourself, then you are ministering out of your own strength and not out of a relationship with God. Jesus didn't even do that. Jesus didn't do anything he didn't see the Father do. Jesus didn't do anything without spending time with the Father, first and foremost. <coughs> you know, and we can get busy. and It's real easy in whatever culture we can get caught up in the cares of this world. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. You know, we can get caught up in the news and the trivia of all that. We can get all caught up and worrying about things, about finances, about this and that. But we can be like a Martha, we're just busy, busy, busy. You know, and we can start off well, doing the right thing, doing the God thing, doing what God calls to do. But then in the midst of it all, we get busy and distracted. You know, lately I've been working a lot of different jobs and trying to bring... Uh, Money in for the family and different things, and also for the ministry, and doing things that I felt God was leading me to do, and and finally I was start. I just felt like I'm working too many hours for too long, and I just took a couple of days off. And last month, I'm just seeking the Lord to get some re re uh, confined direction of what I'm supposed to do, and and I have done that, and yeah, you know, Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness; He'll take care of all the care of your needs. He's a good father. He's a good, good father. And so we need to trust him that if we will prioritize our relationship with God, he will take care of our needs. He'll meet our needs better than we ever could by ourselves. At the same point in time, Andrew does make the point here that, you know, uh, he said, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that God wants us all to have a life and uh, to leave life and enter a monastery so that we just sit there and study the word of God 24 hours a day. Now, I've had seasons in my life where I did study the Word of God almost 16 hour days, but that was a season. That was just a moment in time where God was just downloading some revelation to me. But that's not the norm. That's not how I live. Uh, at the same point in time, I can be busy, like I described, and I can still meditate on God's Word all day long. And even while I've been busy lately, uh, I, I have been meditating. I do meditate on God's Word all the time. <coughs> But I, 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 for me personally, I just feel like I needed to take a time out and I just need to, to recalibrate and get back in God's presence and to figure out and discover from Him where I'm supposed to be spending my time and energy. Okay? Sometimes we can start out well, but somehow, like an airplane, we just start drifting in, a, in the wrong direction. And before long, if you're off even one degree, before long, you're going to a totally different direction. And so, uh, you might not have meant to, but uh, that's just where you are. And so, uh, sometimes we have to find, we have to double back and get back to where God wants us to be. Uh, but another one, there's something that you can never substitute, and that's your own relationship with God. That, you, that, that can never be sacrificed. That can never substitute. And I like how Andrew said, it's not just quality time, it's also quantity time. We need to spend time. Just like in America, there are times where we have quality time each day, but then we have times where we need some quality time. Okay, we need to take vacations. We need to have some time together where we, 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 we did that yesterday. We're both busy doing a lot. Some of us just wanted to lounge and we did, we spent, a, you know, took some naps and whatnot. And finally, we just went uh, out to the wilderness. We took our puppy and we went out to a lake nearby and we just enjoyed the afternoon. Okay. <clears throat> that might not sound spiritual to some people. That's very spiritual. <laughs> that's very uh, good, and that's very healthy. Having some, not just quantity time, but also some qu uh, 
and not just some quality time, but also quantity time. I mean, it's not quantity without quality, and that's not quality without quantity. We need both. Sometimes we need a day off. Sometimes we need, uh, you know, sometimes we need a week off uh, and take a vacation. It's healthy. It's good. You know, like I said, I was so busy that uh, a few weeks ago, but something was not driving right with me, and so I took a few days off. My mind said I should be working, and I was, it was bothering me that I wasn't working, but I needed to spend some time with my papa. I needed to find some direction from him. I needed to, to get a fresh word from him. I didn't need a word from somebody else. I didn't need a word from this and that. I needed a word from my own godfather and uh, find out what I was supposed to be doing and, 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 and whatnot. And when I did, he gave me some direction. And when I did, everything started lining up in the place, you know. And so um, the cares of this world, in my own world, in my own circle of, of events, it was choking out the word of God in, cer in, in certain ways. Okay, we've all been here. And, uh, and, you know, I know that uh, our work ethic I mean, in some countries is different than here and whatnot and what that looks like. You know, I can tend to be a workaholic. At the same point in time, I also believe you should work. If you don't work, you don't eat, and I love to eat, so I'm going to work. At the same point in time, God is my supplier, not me. And at the same point in time, I want to do what God's called me to do, not just do what I think is best. Okay? And so, um, anyway, that's uh, just some uh, tidbits on uh, what I feel about some of that. And uh, anyway, we can, well, I'm sure we'll get into a lot more of that in a little more detail. But uh, anything you wish no, just, you know, I think Dave brought up a really good point when he used Jesus as an example. Yes, Jesus didn't do anything. His, he didn't see his father do. Um, but it constantly says in the four Gospels that Jesus went, went away by himself to pray. And it's not that we can't pray corporately. We but, should. <laughs> but we should. But that relationship with God was always priority. And the only way that Jesus had enough in him to be able to minister to people and to have compassion with people was he because he spent time with the Father. And um, I know we are talking about the uh, parable of the sower. And I know we're talking about spending quality and quantity time with the Lord. Uh, but it did remind me of uh, one of the Bible teachers, I believe it was um, uh, Daniel Amstas at Karis Bible College. He also does the healing school on Thursdays. Uh, but he was teaching on fasting. And I know we're talking about the parable of the sower, so just bear with me as I go on this little tangent. He made a really good point. People have made all kinds of doctrines on fasting, but I loved Daniel's point in that um, the, the time you spent, say, if you're fasting food, the time you spent eating your meal and you're fasting from food, you take that time extra added onto your normal time with God and you spend even more quality and quantity time with the Lord. And I, I remember a church quite a few years ago that Dave and I went to. The, the church as a corporate body fasted. But it was up to the individual what they fasted. Some people couldn't, for health reasons, uh, fast food. So they chose something that distracted them from having time with the Lord. A lot of people chose TV. Uh, wow, imagine that. Um, but they took that time instead of uh, spending it in front of the TV or, or whatever it is that they chose to fast from, they took that time to spend with the Lord. And, uh, and, and again, this is, I didn't want to go into a teaching on fasting. I just was using it as a point that we need that time with the Lord, how are we to get uh, direction if we don't spend time with God? How are we to renew our minds if we're not transformed by the renewing of our minds being in the Word of God, as it says in Romans 12? Uh, we just need that time with, with God. A lot of people are struggling with 
What's God's purpose for my life? What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What's the direction? Uh, and they really struggle with things like that. And they're constantly asking God, hey, what's, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What's my purpose? Uh, but are they spending time with God? Are they really seeking Him and being in His Word and delighting in Him and, and trusting Him and committing their way to, to Him? I mean, bear with me as I run to this uh, scripture in Proverbs. Almost there. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Uh, do not, I'll go ahead and read 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Just the delighting in him, trusting in him, not leaning in your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him. And I can even go into Kings and Chronicles when it's um, in the, the books of the Bible. When it talks about the different kings of Israel. And it talks about the wicked kings. And it also talks about the godly kings. And there are some godly kings who when... Uh, uh, I'm paraphrasing, so, so bear with me. Study it out for yourselves to be... Because uh, it's, it's a good thing. They committed to be back into God's word with all their people. And they had the priests read, again, Old Testament. So they only had like the, the first, uh, however many books of the Bible, like the first five, I think it was. So they had the law. But they had the priests read God's word to the people. They recommitted uh people having a relationship with with God and that's what they were known for uh, and that and that's what we we need today no I know sure does not go on a tangent with fasting I don't either but uh at some point in time maybe just pick it back on that just for a moment you know fasting it doesn't move God fasting will move you okay God's not the one stuck we are and sometimes like I've described in my own life in the last uh, few months or whatnot and even a few weeks you know, I, I didn't necessarily fast a meal, but I did fast my time. And, uh, and so I, I did, what was distracting me? Work. Did I need to work? Yes. But it was also a distraction uh, mentally and emotionally and even spiritually. And so I took some time off to seek the Lord. And I believe really ultimately that's what that, it's more than the meal. And I'm all, I'm all for what I, I mean, the only type of fasting I see in the Bible is actually fasting a meal. But I'm okay fasting other things. I, I, the, the, to me, the principle can still take effect because the principle is not the meal. The principle is seeking God. The principle is getting my heart aligned with God. And if just a way to shut everything out and also disciplining my flesh, you will seek your Lord. You will trust God. You, you know, and so there is a, there is a, uh, submission of the flesh in that regard but at the same point in time I think even more key than the submission of the flesh even the last part of it and that's a whole other teaching I'm not going to go into all that right now but to me one of the main principles of fasting is for me to seek God for me to get, uh, get in, uh, and I sometimes got to shut things out so I can hear from God because where does faith come from it comes from the word of God and I sometimes have to quiet my heart, quiet everything else, and seek the Lord to get direction, to get wisdom. And uh, I was busy, 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 busy. And I was working hard, working diligently, working faithfully. But uh, uh, there was just a something that was like, you know what? Something's not working here. Something is off here. Not because I'm going out rebelling against God. Not because I'm trying to do something wrong. I was with every motivation in me to do the right thing. But something was off. Something was not connecting. There was a disconnect. <coughs> Excuse me. And I didn't know what it all was. So I just shut things down for a couple of days and sought the Lord. Okay. I didn't go around boasting what I'm doing. I mean, I'm sharing about it now. But, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything to boast about. It was about me spending time with my Abba and getting some clarity and getting some direction and affirmation from Him. And in doing so, 
I felt like I didn't feel like I was way off, but I was off a little bit in my mind where I was supposed to be doing and focus on, and he got me back on the right track. And so now I will focus on that. And actually, there's some things I'm developing right now that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I'm talking so much that <coughs> it makes my throat dry. That's why I hack sometimes. I'm working on something right now, and I'll throw out a little teaser, and I, uh, I'll talk more about this in a few weeks, not right now. But I'm working on a, a Bible academy, and it's, uh, I'm working on creating a, a, a Bible school that will be free for anybody, anywhere, anytime. All over the world, it will be an e-learning Bible school. And we got people watching from all over the world, including the U.S., and I'm working on a, a, a program. It'll be through our website. It'll be free to everybody. We're probably going to launch this thing in January. So we got a few months, okay? So you're going to be hearing a lot of hype about this in the next few months once I finish putting it all together. But that's in seeking God and fasting, if you will. God gave me some direction for this ministry and concerning most of you who are watching. If you ever wanted to go to Bible school for free uh, and do that online, uh, you can do so. You can do it anywhere in the world. I'm working on that, those, those details and all that right now. Uh, we're going uh, to our Bible Academy, okay? And so you'll hear more about this later. But that came out of uh, my time with the Lord, my time of seeking God, shutting everything down. That's, there were some other things God shared with us, but that was one of the things that God shared with us. And in doing so, some of the things that I thought weren't working out financially, God began to come in and when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the things that we need, God takes care of us. And so, anyway, you'll hear more about that in the weeks to come. I don't have the time, and I don't even have everything ready to share with that you now. But I, you will be hearing more about this in the weeks to come. You know, Andrew's testimony, which he shares uh, throughout his, his teachings, I believe was this study at the beginning, his testimony of, you know, when he was... Um, I want to say early 20s, but don't quote me on the age. Uh, he went into, I believe, the Army and uh, Vietnam, right, Dave? Uh, Vietnam. Vietnam. And that was the season of his life. It, yeah, you could say he was distracted because he was in the Army and, and you know, there was a war going on. But he spent every moment he had in the Word of God, and yet... People today are amazed at his ministry, at, at his teaching, uh, that he can expound on so many spiritual things. And there are so many results of that, like for instance, when he prays for people and they're healed. And it wasn't that he just had that season of being in God's word. That was the kickoff of he, him being in God's word. And he has continued... It to this day and um, he, he's he's pretty transparent in sharing like when he's talking about the the four different types of soil how he's been there done that in in each of, of the, the season in seasons of his life in each of these soils but he is uh, sharing with us this revelation about the parable of the sower so that we too can uh, have results in our life of that wonderful, having a wonderful relationship with God. Um, because as fellow, fellow believers, um, you know, if you've been listening to Dave Sunday mornings, uh, just walking in the anointing, the blessing and favor of God, uh, the, the prayers of Paul that he's uh, in right now, just again, throughout Dave's messages, you see that as a believer, we are to not just uh, realize that the kingdom of God is here. We are to live it out. But if we don't understand, if we don't have that relationship with God, we don't understand what the believer has. We don't believe, understand what authority the believer has. But we will if we have that relationship with God. And uh, pretty awesome. Okay, well, we still got uh, about 20 minutes left. Let's go ahead and read some more. The next section is called Take Down Time. Busyness is not conducive to spirituality. There needs to be a balance to life, but most people aren't walking in it. 
Most of us are far too occupied with things other than God and His Word. If you were to ask the average person how they're doing, the majority of their responses would center around how busy they are. When I'm asked that question, I sometimes answer, I'm busier than a one-armed wallpaper hanger. Many people say, I'm busier than I've ever been. That's pretty typical. Yet, according to Mark 4, it's busyness like this that will stop the Word of God from working in your life and producing fruit. You need time sitting and soaking in the Word of God for it to be able to release its power in your life. Many people talk about having devotion times. To them, this means doing a little five-minute devotion in the morning when they first get up. I admit there is some benefit to that. However, if you're just trying to squeeze five or ten minutes of trying to hear the Lord's voice and stay your mind on the things of God, but the rest of the day you are running around at a frantic pace, you aren't going to have the Word of God produce fruit in your life. It takes some downtime. Be still and know that I am God, Psalm 46.10. You have to be still and quiet yourself. If I get really involved, busy, and going at a frantic pace, it takes a period of time for me to sit down, slow myself down, before I can get to where I can hear God from my heart. It just takes me a while. If I've been preoccupied with something for a longer period of time, perhaps days or weeks, and I haven't had time to be still and know that He is God, then it takes me a while to penetrate and break through that barrier, barrier to where I'm listening and tuned in to the spirit realm. If I have been spending lots of time with the Lord and I'm very sensitive to him, I could get occupied and busy with something for an hour and just nearly step immediately out of that and go right back into the spirit realm. But if it has been days or weeks that I've been preoccupied with something else, it takes me some time, not just quality, but quantity time to quiet myself, get still, and allow the Word of God to work in my life. One night I saw in a dream, Psalms 46.10. I didn't see the words of that scripture, I just saw the scripture reference. Even though I've ministered from that verse hundreds of times, when I woke up I couldn't think of what that verse said for the life of me. So I looked it up. Immediately I recognized the verse as an old familiar friend but I felt like it must have something more to say to me. So I meditated on that verse all morning. I don't believe that verse is only speaking of physically being still. I think it speaks also of stilling our mind and emotions, and there are many other applications. But that afternoon I decided I would literally sit still for one hour just to see what came of it. It was amazing. I didn't move anything but my eyes. I didn't rock in my chair or shift positions. I was as still as a stone. I had a deer walk right up to me. A chipmunk crawled up on my shoe. I was still. I had noticed things all around me that I hadn't noticed before. I heard the wind blowing in the trees. It had been blowing all day, but my busyness had distracted me so that I didn't notice it until I was totally still. I counted dozens of chipmunks that I hadn't noticed before. There were thousands of ants that, before I was still, I never noticed. There was so much happening all around me that I was just missing because I was busy. The Lord used that instance to speak to me that the busyness of this natural world limits our perception of this spiritual world, or as Jesus put it, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things choke the word. A lifestyle where you are going fast and frantic all the time will stop God's work from working in your life. Even Jesus took downtime. He was in such demand ministering to the people that were coming to him that he didn't even have time to eat. So he tried to separate himself and his disciples by saying, let's go over into a desert place. Mark uh, 6, 30 and 30 through 32. Yes, his goal was to reach people, Yes, he desired to touch as many people's lives as he could. Yet after he and his disciples spent out on this missionary tour, he was telling the disciples to come apart, rest a while, and to go over to this desert place. Do you know why the Lord wanted to do that? Jesus did this because he realized that the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things will choke the word of God.
Alright, thank you. There's a lot here. I don't know if I'm gonna have time to piggyback on all of it, but you know, one of the things that really just kind of stood out to me was at the beginning when uh, you're reading, you know, uh, Ken, we're talking about quality time and quantity time. You know, just uh, like this section is entitled Take Down Time, and you talk about uh, one of the things you talk about, you know, devotions. You know, people pride themselves with devotions. And I'm all about devotions, I'm not. Uh, anti-devotions, but if that's all you do, five minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, 15 minutes, I mean even an hour, if that's, if that's all you do, but you're not going to meditate on God all day long, His Word all day long, you know, it's not going to, it's, it's only going to go so far, you know, that's like eating one meal a day and, and he, 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 you're good, that's not healthy, that's not right, and and, uh, and so, um, you know, we, we need more than that, if He's your Lord. He's your master. He's your your everything. And you got 24 hours a day, and you only got to give him an hour or less or five minutes, and that's all. And you expect to, to do run your life. You're doing. You're running your life on your own strength. You are distracted. If you if you say that God's the most important thing to you, but you spend uh, only five minutes, 30 minutes, uh, an hour, and that's it, uh, you know. I'm all for having, you know, we eat we eat dinner at a certain time. We eat uh, certain meals at we do certain things. We go to work at a certain time. I'm all having a, a structure. We go to church every Sunday at a certain time. We have our Bible studies at a certain time every week. So I'm all for structure. You know, I believe God's an organ, organized God. The way that he set the, the seasons and the stars and the planets, he's the one that established time to begin with. And so he's a very... Uh, detail-oriented God, God, but, you know, <clears throat> if we're going to try to see God's Word change and take root in our lives, we have to make it a, it has to be more of a priority than that. If that's all we're doing, to me, it's not a priority, okay? And, you know, the things that I love to do, when I have a hobby or a project I want to work on, I might not be able to work on that thing 24-7, Sometimes I will get everything I can get done so I can work on that project. That means everything to me. And so, um, you know, so it's, it's, it might not be the only thing I'm doing because I can't be the only thing I'm doing. But I will make time. You will make time for what you prioritize. And I, uh, so I need God so much. I need to spend as much time as I can. And it's not like, in one sense, it's not like a cup of coffee or a gas tank. Where I need some, a certain quali quantity, but at the same point in time, and that's where the quality comes in. <coughs> but I need to spend time with my job on a regular basis. Because life happens on a regular basis. I need to spend time with my God on a regular basis. And we just have to take down time. And sometimes we just need to be still and know that He's God. And I'm not saying that we have to be so. So uh, quiet where, like, he's hearing the chipmunks and uh, nosing the ants and different things. And, uh, but sometimes, like this week, last uh, month, I had to spend some time where I just actually quieted my heart. Uh, there was a lot of go things going on. I had to just, uh, I just had to quiet my schedule and spend some time with God. It wasn't that God wasn't speaking. I, I wasn't, and it wasn't even that I wasn't listening. I wasn't hearing because there was so many, so many, many other sounds and, and distractions that I couldn't hear. Uh, and so I had a quiet every day so I could hear. And, you know, and so uh, it's just, uh, it's more I could say, but I don't know if you have something to share. This actually reminds me of uh, something that Dave has done in his messages, but it's been uh, a while. And uh, because I wasn't, Thinking until Dave shared about it, you'll have to just use your imagination uh, as I describe it. But uh, there's a uh, uh, prop, uh, uh, a visual, if you will, that Dave's used in his teaching where he has our biggest bull on a table and he has this cup that represents you and I. And he also has a pitcher of water that represents God, although he always says, 
God is more than just that picture of water, but because it's, you know, in our house uh, and he doesn't have the ocean at his fingertips or he's not going to bring the hose uh, and turn on the hose inside the house to uh, understand that, that God is so much, so full uh, to pour into us, but just, you know, see this, this cup poised over this bowl and your time with God is God pouring into you, filling you, filling your cup. And because God is limitless, I think that's the word, the water is just going to constantly, the pouring of God into you is going to be filling your cup, but your cup's overflowing because God doesn't end. God doesn't stop. God is more than enough. Uh, he just flows into us, flows into us, flows. I mean, his Holy Spirit dwells on us. But as you're spending time with God, your cup is overflowing. And not only are you being ministered to, but out of your time with God, the overflow enables you to minister to other people. And because God is who he is, he doesn't stop. He doesn't only just pour a little bit in and that's all he has for you. He, If you let him, he will pour, 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 pour himself into you so that you are always being full of what he has for you and he's ministering to you. But out of that overflow of that quality and quantity time with him, you are able to do what you're called to do. You're able to do your purpose. You're able to minister to whoever you're to minister to, whether it be your church, your ministry, your family, your kids, you know, whoever it might be, you know, your neighbor down the street, someone you meet at the supermarket. That that time with God, to have him flowing into you and pouring into you, again, overflows and, and pours uh, so that you can... Uh, minister of the overflow. Okay, well, we have a few minutes left. Maybe we can get one little section here. Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, separate yourself. <coughs> you need some time when you can separate yourself from all the busy activities of daily life and just spend some time focused on God. Now, you don't necessarily have to have your nose buried in the Bible. To a degree, you will, because you can't meditate on scriptures that you don't know. But if you've already been reading the Bible, you might be able to just go sit on the porch for a while and pray about what's been going on during that day. You can meditate on the scriptures God has been giving you and ask Him to show you things. I do that a lot. I built a trail on my property, and I walk on it an hour or two a day. I spend that time just meditating on the things of God, thinking about what he's leading me to do, and meditating on scriptures. We have a little swing out on our patio I like to sit on. You can't see another house from my place, so I like to sit out there and look at the mountains. I just look around, meditate, and think on things. That's an important time. One of the things that will stop God's word from working in your life is just being busy. Satan came in in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork, most of us would resist him saying, no way am I giving in to you. Likewise, most of us would reject X-rated and even most R-rated material or anything else that is just overtly of the devil. But there's nothing wrong with having a job, a career, and a family. Working your job and spending time with your family are good and right in their place. But it's not good when we cram so much into our life, we have very little or no time left for God and his word. You may be occupying your life with decent things, things that aren't immoral or in or of themselves, but if you have no time to sit and meditate on the things of the Lord, it will stop the Word of God from working in your life. In my own personal life, God has dealt with me about a number of things. They aren't sin, but He's told me that I cannot afford to become preoccupied with them. I don't need another hobby. I don't need anything else to do especially with my personality. I have a compulsive type of personality, which means that everything I do, I do to an extreme. I've had some friends try to get me into doing certain things. They're enjoying it and it's no problem for them, 
but I just don't have the time to devote to anything else. I have to keep the main thing the main thing. I wish I could somehow or another just make people understand this truth because Satan is really using this to hinder people's personal growth. He draws us into being so busy that we are short that we short circuit God's provision for us to change. We just get so preoccupied that we don't take the time to spend in the word and in fellowship with God. This hinders the change God wants to bring to pass. Yeah, there's a lot of good nuggets in what we just read, you know. Sometimes we just got to separate ourselves. There's, there's two ways of looking at that for me. One is, you know, there's a lot of garbage that people are listening to. Movies, TV, uh, just the world type of stuff. Facebook, social media. You know, when Andrew wrote this, social media wasn't as big as it is now. But, you know, we just have to unplug from some things. We have to separate ourselves. But sometimes we have to separate ourselves from the good stuff. In other words, as ministers, sometimes we got to take time to hear from him. We need to we need to have families. We need to work and have jobs and businesses. But sometimes we need to take a time off to spend time with our Abba. We can do good things, noble things, things that we should be doing. But sometimes we need to separate ourselves at times to do the things that God has called us to do. We need, one thing he said here, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. There's a lot of things that we need to be doing. Some things we need to just totally let go and not be doing and not associate at all. But there's one thing that's most needful, and that's spending time with our God. Spending time in the Word. You know, we teach all the time, we pastor all the time, but we also need to be pastored. We also need to receive teaching and sit under teaching, and we do. And we do all the time. Almost every day we're listening to, to, to some teaching and whatnot. We sit down with Matt uh, just the other night. We went out and we had some fellowship with some lo our local pastor. And so we could encourage one another. <coughs> we, you know, we're busy and sometimes it's like, how do we fit this in our schedule? Well, we, we need to make it. We have to make it a priority. And sometimes we have to, in some ways, inconvenience ourselves from our busy lives so that one, in one sense, we are actually conveniently conveniencing ourselves to receive what we need to receive so we can do what we need to keep doing. Sometimes we just have to learn how to charge the battery, just like a cell phone. We have to learn how to charge it. And if we don't charge it, it's not going to be working when you need it. Okay? And so we just have to, there's some things that we just need to totally disassociate with. At all, and we just don't need, there's just some junk we just don't need in our mind at all. And there's sometimes that we, even the good stuff, we need to unplug so we can do what we need to be doing. Sometimes we are so, we are so busy that we're short-circuiting ourselves. And that's what he, he described here. And at the end, he said, uh, let me just read this last paragraph. I wish I could somehow or another just make people, <coughs> me, make people understand the truth, or this truth. Satan is really using this to hinder people's personal growth. He draws us into being so busy that we short-circuit God's provision for us to change. We get so preoccupied that we don't take the time to spend in His Word and the fellowship of God. This hinders the change God wants to bring to pass. Let me just add to that. Sometimes we get so busy uh, that we don't spend time with the body of Christ too. And we need fellowship. The early church was steadfast into the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Three of those things that have a lot to do with fellowship. Okay, but they were also they were steadfast to the apostles' doctrine, to teaching, but they also were steadfast to fellowship. And you know, some people think I'm just selfish as that because people know how much I like I love fellowship and friends. Well, you can you can label me whatever you want, but I still believe the Bible says that we need the fellowship. Uh, you know, there's a lot, uh, a lot of scripture in the New Testament from Paul and the apostles how we need to spend time in hearing God's word. But there's also a lot of uh, scripture about how we need to love one another. And you can't love one another without fellowship. And so I believe the word of God and fellowship are essential for growth. If we want to grow and be mature Christians in this hour, in this day, we need to prioritize fellowship and we need to prioritize time in the word of God. Okay, there's time, we need to take some time to smell the roses, okay? And we need to take some time, and and, 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 and maybe it's not just you. Maybe, you know, you need to, 
We, we need to encourage one another. Maybe someone else, maybe you, maybe you can reason in your own mind that you don't need fellowship, but somebody needs your fellowship. Don't be so selfish that you, you won't consider fellowship with others. We all need, but we all need koinonia. We all need fellowship. You know, even Jesus hung out with the apostles. He didn't do it by himself. <coughs> Excuse me. Even Paul uh, had, he had uh, Silas and Barnabas. He had, uh, at times he had Luke with him and John Mark with him. Uh, you know, Jesus sent them out by twos. You know, we're not supposed to do this by ourselves. We God has made us to the body of Christ. And so, anyway. You know, there's a, a, a visual that Dave... Obviously, people can tell that Dave's my favorite pastor because I always uh, usually refer back to his teachings. But Dave has shared this before, and I'm sure other, other uh, teachers and pastors as well. Uh, but he uses the analogy of coals, you know, to make a fire... And as the body of Christ, when we are, when the coals are put together, they burn bright and hot and uh, there's a healthiness to that fire. But when you separate out the coals and they get distant from each other, the fire goes out and the coal becomes just uh, cold and, and dead and, and you know there's no life in it. Uh, but then when you put the coals back together, uh, you can get that, that fire back going again, and that's the importance of the body of Christ. Fellowshipping with the body of Christ as believers, as the body of Christ, we are to encourage and build each other up. That's why it's so important to be in the body of Christ. When you're having a bad day, another brother or sister in Christ can encourage you and, and pr uh, pray for you, build you up, you know, share scripture with you, um, however that that maybe um but you know it, it's interesting that that dave was talking about priorities and just in our and dave not and my personal life you know we we've had different schedules we've had you know different seasons of, of different types of, of busyness and schedules and different things but something in our marriage that we have done for years we might not eat breakfast together you know, depending on our, our schedule, we may or may not be able to eat lunch together, but we always eat dinner together so we can have that, that time together uh, because we, we know how life gets. And that's something that in the natural we have prioritized. People in general prioritize whatever is important to them. Uh, you know, some people prioritize going to the gym. It's important that they keep their body in shape. Some people prioritize certain diets. Uh, going to work, having this fun time. Uh, my mom, for example, her and one of her best friends prioritize one day a week going for a long walk on, the, on that morning so they can encourage and build each other up. And, you know, those are just things in the natural that people prioritize to do. My grandma, uh, she... Obviously wasn't perfect, but one thing, one example that I got from her is every morning she spent quality and quantity time with the Lord. She had, uh, her, her Bible was first and foremost. She was in the Word. She would have her journal or whatever she was, uh, uh, you know, using for her, her time with, with God out. And uh, nothing would distract her from that. She also prioritized taking a walk every morning to, you know, to also, you know, get her body moving. But if, if we as human beings prioritize different things that are important to us, if we understand the benefit of a relationship with God, if we understand how healthy it is to have a relationship with God, we will set everything aside and and have that time with God because we can get so easily distracted as that parable that, that Jesus was sharing with his disciples, the, 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 sower, the parable of the sower uh, that Andrew's talking about. It, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to forget certain things because other things are just distracting and, and just busy in life. 
but the word of God needs that good soil. And if we understand the benefit, and I, I wish I had better words to say this wonderful benefit that we have, this spending time with God. I mean, I can't say enough about when you have a relationship with God and spend time with Him, the peace that overflows in your life, the joy that overflows in your life, the wisdom that you get by being in His Word to help you in any situation, um, what it, uh, any problem we can face in this world, any problem, no matter how big, if we have a relationship with God, God will help you uh, get through that problem and be victorious in it. But you have to be with Him. You have to have that spend that time with Him. You have to acknowledge Him in your life and uh, just you know, be in his word and um, just like a healthy marriage or a healthy family, you spend quality and quantity time together. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we are out of time and so we'll see you guys on Wednesday night as we, uh, 7 o'clock, as we talk about uh, the Believer's Authority. Uh, God bless you guys. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.